Hey everyone, welcome to the Faith Chapel Podcast. We are so glad to have you join us. Faith Chapel exists to help people follow Jesus, be transformed by Jesus, and be on mission with Jesus. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, you're welcome here. If you have any questions about who we are or what you hear, you can visit faithchapel.cc or email podcast at faithchapel.cc. We'd love to hear from you. All right, let's dive into this week's message. Well, hello everybody, so good to see you. Welcome everybody in the room, everybody that's watching online, thanks for joining us. And uh, you know, especially, I always wanna say thanks to all of you who maybe are coming and you're not quite sure what you believe yet. We hope this is a really safe place for you to explore that. You'll find that we're terribly biased. Um, We're all about Jesus, but we understand that everybody's in a process as well. So this last week was one of my highlights of the fall. And it's something I look forward to every single year for, I haven't put it together, but I bet at least 25 years is uh, my brother Tim and I get together and our sole focus for four or five days is to frighten elk. And um, so we got to do that again this week and we actually had a marvelous time. My brother Tim, it's not just that he's my brother, but my brother's one of my best friends in the world. And he pastors a fantastic church in Stanwood, Washington, which is north of Seattle. And he has become an incredibly just effective Bible teacher over the years. And you, I don't know, as a big brother, you just get really proud of your little brother. So I'm so excited he's here. And this is a message. I got to hear it last night. Wherever you're at in your journey, you're going to find this really helpful and challenging. So would you warmly welcome my brother Tim as he comes to speak to us today? Thanks, Nate. Thanks, brother. Uh, so good to be with you, Faith Chapel. Um, as you guys just saw, my dad was out here, my big brother. So everybody I learned everything from went before me. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of fun to be here. But thank you, Faith Chapel, for being a church that thinks bigger than yourself. Um, many of you may not even know this, but over this last year uh, in February, uh, a young man that you had trained up and sent, you, you are ripe with talent and uh, people with just amazing ability, a young man named Matt Frick, uh, he came out and he joined our staff and has been a part of our team leading worship and facilitating a lot of the things. And so I want to thank you for sending, uh, not only training, equipping, but sending people to do God's work uh, all around the world. And I can't think of a week over this last uh, series of COVID and doing church online where um, somebody from our team is maybe calling somebody from your team and saying, hey, help us. What are some things that you've learned? What are best practices? And so thank you for being so generous. And I know that only happens because people like you faithfully give and are believing that Jesus is doing good things in Billings and around the world and campuses in Sydney and little churches in Stanwood, Washington and all over the globe. So thank you so much for being a generous, big-hearted church thinking beyond yourself. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 12. It's the first book in the Bible and it'll be 12 chapters in. But today I wanna, I wanna talk about our lives. And our lives are made up of a series of yeses and nos. The choices that we make. We, we all say yes to things and we all say no to things. If I get this upside down, it says on, just let me know, okay? So. We say yes to things and we say no to things. And our lives are totally made up of our choices. The things that we say yes to determine our future. The things that we say no to determine our future. 
And we're always saying, we're always making choices. We're always determining these things, no matter what we're doing, big things, little things, small choices, whatever it would be. Think about maybe if, if you're married, think about that time when you said yes to that first date and the huge ramifications that it's had on your life. Or maybe you were like me and the first time I asked my soon-to-be wife, Anna, hey, would you like to hang out with me? No. But I said, I will wear you down. And after enough no's, 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 I finally got a hesitant maybe. And I was pretty excited until I got a yes. And now almost 20 years later, three kids and all kinds of things going on. That yes has been one of the biggest decisions in my life. I, I hope my wife would say the same. All these decisions we have. Have you, ever, have you ever had somebody say, hey, will you come help me move? And what does our gut instinct say? No. Huh? Has anybody ever asked somebody said, hey, will you come help me move? And it actually means, will you come help me pack all my boxes that I should have had packed weeks ago? You're all the ones that make us say no to helping people move. I just want you to know it's your fault. <laughs> or how about, you know, if you have a pickup truck, hey, can I borrow your pickup truck? No, but then you might be nice afterwards and say, okay, yes. I have this neighbor, I, just such a great guy, but he always wants to come borrow my tools. And my instinct is when I see him walking up my front driveway, I'm like, Dan, no. I think he still has several of my tools in his shed from years past. I'm gonna break in one day and get them all back. But right, our instinct is to say no, to say no, to say no. But we have to kind of stop and think and say, okay, hey, yes. Yeah, Dan, you can borrow my shovel. You can borrow my compactor. I'll get it back in seven years. It'll be really great. But our yeses and nos determine everything. And the people that we look at, the people that we admire, some of my biggest mentors, the people that I look at and think, man, I would like to be like them someday when I grow up. My heroes, they're people who are mature, who are developed. And one of the things that defines, I think, their maturity and their success in life is their ability to be so good at saying yes and saying no. That they've come to a place in their life that they say, there are some things that I know that I'm good at that, that no one else can really do as well as I can. Some things that I'm passionate about some things that I deeply care about. And so I'm gonna say yes to those things. And, and there's some people even in, in, in the church I serve, I would love them to be involved in every activity because they're phenomenal leaders, generous of spirit, gifted and talented. And I love to recruit them for every new thing we're doing. And it's so amazing, the people that are really good at this, they have learned to say no to all the plans that I have for their life. And the funny part is most of the time they're saying no and I don't even know that they're saying no to me because they're so good at it. And that's, that's a sign of maturity and it's a sign of, of great courage and development and understanding life. When, because here, here's the point, we realize that we only have a finite amount of yeses. Most of us just think that we can say, that's no. Most of us say that we can just say yes to everything, right? Say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. And what happens? We get burned out, we get frustrated, we get angry. And then all of a sudden our instinct just goes, to, I'm gonna say no, 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 no. But being a wise, healthy, mature person, having good boundaries and relationships with people, 
you say, hey, I, I can only say yes to a couple of things. And so you come to this point that says, if I'm gonna say yes to my marriage, maybe there's a season that we're just kind of disconnected and it's time for us to just reconnect in our marriage. So to say yes to my marriage, you know what that means? I'm gonna have to say no to some things. I might have to say no to an extra project at work. I might have to say no to that recreational activity that I love doing all the time. Because you know what, man, yes to my family, yes to my marriage, yes to my kids. I know in my home is our kids are all teenagers and getting ready to launch into the world. My wife and I have been very diligent about what we say yes to because we realize the days and years with our kids under our roof is slowly closing. So we're very purposeful that we've had to say no to some things that we really love, we really enjoy, because we're saying yes to our kids in this season. And we know that when, they, when we're empty nesters and they're off, we'll get to say yes to some different things. But in every season of life, we have to learn to say yes and no. And it's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of, 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 of just being a good, mature person. And maybe even just can put it in this phrase. It says, to say yes to the best things in your life. To say yes to the best things, you have to learn to say no to the rest. To say yes to the best things in your life, you have to learn to say no. And any of us people pleasers, you're not raising your hand. A lot of us are, right? We struggle wanting to please people. And isn't it hard to say no when people ask you to do something? Hey, I'd love you to be a part of this. Love you to come home, whatever you do. And we just, we struggle. We struggle with that. But part of being a mature person is understanding boundaries and saying yes and no to things. But when we start talking about the kingdom of God, which is different than the kingdom, the world we live in, yeses and nos are so important in our lives, in our work, in our marriages, in our families, in our relationships. It's so important. But when it comes to being a follower of Jesus, and when it comes to the kingdom of God, the things that Jesus talks about in the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he's talking about the kingdom of God, a different way of thinking, a different reality. The yes and no are totally different. It's totally different. In our relationship with Jesus, if you really wanna be a disciple, I don't know where you're at on your spiritual journey, but if you've been following Jesus for any length of time or you're interested and say, I wanna really follow Jesus and become a disciple, here's what Jesus wants from you. A yes, a yes, a yes. And if you want to be a disciple, here's the phrase that you and I have to learn, the principle that you and I have to learn in our lives, and it's this. I have to learn to say yes to saying yes before I know what I'm saying yes to. Now, that's a mouthful, and it might be a little confusing, but it makes total sense. As a follower of Jesus, you have to learn to say yes to saying yes before you know what you're saying yes to. Because when somebody invites you over to, hey, would you come to my birthday party? Or, hey, there's an event coming on in three or four months from now. What, what do we do? We want to say, yeah, I'll pencil you in. But what do we want? We want to know the details. We want to know when it's going to start, when it's going to end, how much it's going to cost. We want to know all the details. It's just part of how we work. That's a healthy boundary thing. You know, saying yes to someone like, hey, would you help me move? And, you know, 75 hours later, you're not even done. You want to know, hey, how long is this going to take? I have commitments. I have other things. That's important. But when it comes to being a disciple of Jesus and really laying your life down, being a servant of Jesus, it means that you have to learn to say yes to saying yes before you know what you're saying yes to. God very rarely gives us the details. 
God is asking for our obedience and not a conditional yes. He's looking for our surrender and our ability to say, yes, Jesus, I'll follow you even when I don't understand it. And in Genesis chapter 12, we're going to look at probably one, a very famous, well-known scripture about one of many cases in the story of God, in the narrative of scripture throughout 2,000 years of history where God chooses to use people and he's very light on the details. And Abram, we meet this man named Abram in Genesis chapter 12. And Genesis, the first book in the Bible, the first couple of chapters are about the narrative of creation that God spoke. And there was nothing and then there was creation. And then God created humanity and he breathed into our nostrils and developed a special intimate relationship with humanity. And then the story goes on that sin entered the world. And we, with the choices we had, we broke and destroyed God's good world. And then things go from kind of bad to worse and there's murder and sin and destruction and the world kind of falls apart. And God says, I'm going to destroy this whole planet because it's so corrupt because of the choices, the yeses and nos of people had led them to walk away from God. But then God in Genesis chapter 6 find a man named Moses, a righteous man in his family, and chooses to save all of creation through Noah in the flood. And then we see in Genesis chapter 11, the story of Babel. Once again, the people choose to go their own way and say, we're going to make a name for ourselves. We don't need you, God. We're going to be bigger and better than you. And God has to separate them again. But then in Genesis chapter 11, we're introduced to a man named Abram, who later on becomes Abraham. And God calls him and asks him to say yes, to saying yes before he knows what he's saying yes to. And in Genesis chapter 12, verse one, here's what it says. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Isn't that amazingly rife of no details? It says, you gotta go, and then I'll show you the place where you're supposed to go. There's no Zillow listing that says, hey, Abram, I'm going to take you from this place and I'm going to move you and your family to this new house. It's going to be like 175, beautiful estate, lakefront view, you know, 5,000 square foot home, four bathrooms, seven bedrooms. It's going to be so great for you and your whole family. No, God says, you've got to leave and then I'll show you. And here's the principle. This is the principle of the kingdom of God that is so different than the, than the world we live in is this, is we have to go and then God will show. You and I have to take that step of faith, take that step of obedience, and then God will show us. God says, Abram, go, and then I'll show you the land. He doesn't pull out the map and say, hey, Abram, you're here, and here's where we're going to go. He just says, you've got to go, and then I will show you the place you're supposed to go. And for those of us who like the details, those of us who want to know what the future is, we're all control freaks just at different levels. This is hard for us. We think, God, I, I want to follow you, but I need to know what it looks like. I need to know what the next days, I need to know what the next hours, I need to know what the next months and years look like. And God very rarely shows us the details. God is asking for our unconditional yes. He's asking for a group of people who will learn to say yes 
to saying yes before I know what I'm saying yes to. And it's funny in God's kingdom and God's, I, I've watched, I've been around the church long enough. I've, I've studied history and, and read and the scriptures and studied. And it's funny, you would think that God tends to use the most gifted, the smartest, the best, the, just the cream of the crop. But God often doesn't use the people that we would expect. God uses those who just say yes long enough and consistently enough. And there's hope for all of us that God can use us. You, you read this story and you think of this man named Abram and you think, man, God destined him for greatness. That Abram had no choice in whether he's gonna go and follow God. But it's so clear in the 12 chapters leading up to this that God gave humanity the ability to choose. He gave them the ability to say yes and no to things. And Abram could have easily said, uh -uh, God, I, I gotta know the details. And perhaps Abram would have missed out on a whole part of the being a part of a huge a part of history and the father of three major world religions and someone who's so well known throughout history. And many of us were stuck because the skills that have worked for us in our lives that have been successful in creating healthy boundaries and being wise with our yeses and nos have really held us back in our kingdom spiritual lives of being able to be used by God. Because we say, God, I gotta have the details. I gotta have it figured out. And so how do we as disciples of Jesus, how do we as disciples learn to let go of the details and trust God? Because here's what we can do. We can question the future to death. Have you ever had anybody come to you and share an idea or a hope or a dream or something that they'd love to do? And some of you, you just think that your God's gift to humanity is to help bring people down to reality so that they don't dream, right? Like, hey, I'd love to start a business. Man, I'd love to go travel on this trip. And you're like, how are you gonna do that? How are you gonna accomplish that? How are you gonna make that happen? How are you gonna do it? And you just howl people to death. And have you ever been howled to death? There's nothing more discouraging in your life. Like you have a great dream and you're gonna go share it with somebody. And then all of a sudden, how, how, how? Wah, wah, wah. I'll never try again. Thanks for reminding me that I should just stay and be, never dream or have hope or anything. <laughs> Appreciate that gift that you've given me. Man, that, it can it's so easily happen because of fear and anxiety and worry and concern. But Jesus is inviting us. He wants us, especially in the world that we're living in today, in the time and the place where we're at in 2020. God is looking for people who will say yes in uncertainty. God is looking for a church, he's looking for followers, disciples who will say yes, when probably more than maybe any time in our life, the details seem so unsure. Are we gonna be the people that say yes to saying yes before we know what we're saying yes to? And so how do you do that? How do you learn to let go of all the details? I have my binoculars here and you know, we took these out hunting last week, trying to find elk, Nate said, as we chased them all over the place. We saw them from like five miles away. And uh, I don't know if you, out here in Montana, it's known as big sky country, right? Everything's big. It's a long way between things. And so we'd be up on top of a mountain, top of a hill, and you'd look out over this vast miles of space and you'd see a little dot out there and you'd think, okay, let me get my binoculars and see what, if I can see what that dot is. So you'd grab your binoculars. These are 10X, so 10 times zoom. And I'd look out and be like, 
oh, that little dot is a little bit bigger dot now. Is that, is that an elk? Is that a wolverine? Is that, I don't know what that is. Because even at 10 times multiplication, man, it's still a long ways away. In our lives, when we start talking about our lives in terms of months and years and decades and lifetimes and eternity, it's a long way from where we are, way over here in 2020 to where the future is. It's a long way away. And so what God wants for us, if you're a person that says, man, I need to know the details, I need to figure it out. Here's what God is asking us to do. He's asking you to say, hey, there's the future. It's unclear. Because when we look at our lives in a long time, it is unclear. It's hard to see the future from a long ways away. And even if God gave us 10X multiplier, that little dot becomes a bigger dot. So here's what you have to do. You gotta get up from where you are, get up from the top of that mountain, and you gotta start making your way, take that step, Make that way. And as you get closer, it says, oh, hey, that's actually a bull elk. I get closer, I get closer, closer. Hey, that's actually one that's got some pretty big horns. I'd like to go after that one. And the future becomes clearer the closer we get. But so many of us, God, I won't move until you give me a clear vision of the future. God, I won't move until I can see what tomorrow, what next year, what 10 years from now looks like. And God tells Abram and he's telling us today, go and then I will show. Go and God will show us. He'll lead us to the place that we have. It becomes clearer the closer we get. And it requires us to let go of the details, to say, God, I'm gonna say yes, to saying yes before I know what I'm saying yes to. And God tells Abram, he says, okay, you're gonna say yes, but it's gonna cost you something. And our unconditional yes to Jesus, our unconditional yes to being a disciple of Jesus, it's gonna cost us something. And God tells Abram, he says, it's going to cost you these three things. In order to say yes to Jesus, yes to the Lord, you're going to have to leave some things behind. And there's three things that, that God tells Abram he's going to have to leave behind. And the first one is this. It's his country. His country. And his country represents his security. It's his future. It's his legacy. It's the place where he was born. We don't know a lot about Abram in this point in our lives, but we can see that probably him and his father were, were probably fairly well off. That they had large herds. And in the ancient world, this is how you measured wealth, is your ability to have large herds of sheep and goats. And, and, and it's kind of like that in Montana too. But it's just that same kind of, kind of that's how you, you, you would measure your wealth. And you had to have the ability to protect yourself and, and, and guard your flocks. And it seems like Abram and his father... He had a good legacy. There was a good inheritance for him. And God says, Abram, you've got to leave that. You've got to leave that place of security, that place where you feel comfortable, where there's a, a strong, healthy future for you and even a legacy. And then God says, not only you got to leave your country, you have to leave your people. And this is his relationships. This is the people that 
understood him and the people that he understood. People that had the same vision and values in life. They ate the same food. They'd come from the same background. They laughed at the same jokes. There was deep, meaningful, lasting relationship. And God says, Abram, I want to lead you somewhere. But it means you're going to have to leave some relationships behind. And for many of us, this is where following Jesus gets really, really, really difficult. Because there's some relationships that we have to leave behind. Because those relationships are so comfortable and they lead us to behaviors and ways of thinking that are not beneficial and don't help us to be followers of Jesus. Now we're called to reach people and share the love of Jesus. But sometimes there's a season, and this sounds very difficult because God is a relational God. But there are times when you and I just have to say no to relationships. And many of us, we've got to leave where we're at. We've got to leave some relationships so God can bring some new relationships into our lives to help us grow. One of the biggest ways that people grow, that followers of Jesus grow, is to invite new people into our lives. To, To invite and begin relationships with people who maybe have a different background than us are a different race, a different color, different creed. They eat different food than we eat. It might even be a little uncomfortable. We might not understand the world the way that they understand the world. But that's how we grow. That's how we begin to be empathetic towards brothers and sisters who see the world different than us. And if we're really honest, most of us, our relationship plates are full. We don't have room for many more friends. We don't have room for many more people in our lives. But I believe that one of the best ways that you and I can grow is that God would bring intentional, purposeful relationships into our lives with people who see the world differently than we do. And it helps us to understand God, understand his kingdom, understand what God is doing in the world bigger than what we currently understand right now. Abram tells God, you gotta leave your country, you gotta leave your people, and then you gotta leave your father's household. In his father's household, that was the protection. They were probably pretty well off. It was safe. It was comfortable. There was probably a rocking inheritance coming for Abraham. Abram, if he would just would have stayed, it would have been safe. It would have been comfortable. And when he goes from that place, the safety net is gone. And it's just Abram and God. And Abram says, okay, to go... God, you're going to show me, but I have to leave some things behind. And leaving your father's house, leaving your legacy, your inheritance, your wealth, the potential for a secure future was probably pretty scary and pretty overwhelming. But there's good news. When we follow Jesus, when we're serious about saying yes to saying yes before we know what we're saying yes to, it's going to cost us some things. But here's the nature and character of God, is that God is a God of promise. And God is a God who wants to bless us and he wants good things for us. There's this theological concept called God has a preferred future for us. 
That as we follow God, he wants to give us a hope and a future. He wants good things in our lives. He wants us to have healthy relationships. Man, he wants our businesses to succeed. He wants us to be able to pay our bills. He wants our children to be well fed. God wants good things for us. And so it's not just Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. There's verse 2 and 3. And here's what God goes on and says to Abram. He says, if you go... If you leave what you're comfortable with and you go, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all of the people of the earth will be blessed through you. If you and I really take that step of obedience, If we really become disciples and say, God, I'm saying yes to saying yes before I know what I'm saying yes to, there is a blessing that will follow. There's good things, but it's going to cost us something. And you know what I want? I want to say, God, give me the blessings and then I'll go. God, you want me to give? God, give me tons of money and then I'll give. But it doesn't work that way. The kingdom of God is about this, is that I say yes. I practice the discipline of giving and generosity long before I have abundance. That God, okay, I'll go if you bless me. No, God says, Abram, if you go and I'll show you where to go, then there'll be a blessing. And I want God to bless us. I want good things in our lives, but it requires us to leave some things behind. And I know all of us come from different places and different backgrounds. And and today I just have this strong sense that especially in the context that we find ourselves in, many of us, we found our identity in country. We found our identity in our people. We found our identity in our father's household. And God said, I need you to say yes to me so that you can find your identity as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus and not in any of those other things. It costs us something. We have to leave some things behind to receive the blessings of God, to receive the good things that God wants for us. So today I I, want to leave you with this question. What do you need to leave behind so that you can say yes to Jesus? What do you need to leave behind? Maybe, it's, maybe there's a habit, there's a way of thinking, there's a behavior that has just got you. Maybe there's a relationship that when life gets tough, when stress happens, you run back to that person and nothing good comes of it. Maybe there's a place that you run that's a safety net when the stress happens, when it gets intense. You don't run towards the Lord. You run towards a behavior. Maybe you see a sinful thing, a habit, a relationship. And Jesus wants something so much better for you. He wants so much, something so much better for us. 
But we've got to leave those things behind so we can experience the preferred future, the blessings that God has for us. So I'll invite you right now, wherever you're at, if you're watching at home in your living room, if you're here in the room today, can we just take a moment and be still before the Lord and pray and maybe examine our hearts and say, God, what do I got to leave behind so that I can say yes to you? So Jesus, we come before you right now and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness, your kindness. Lord, that you love us so much, that you want good things for us. Lord, you're asking us to say yes to saying yes before we know what we're saying yes to because you want good things for us. You want to use us. You want our lives to be filled with purpose and meaning. Lord, you want us to accomplish great things for you and your kingdom. But God, some of us are just stuck because we need the details. We can't see the future clearly and it just has us paralyzed and we're holding on to some things that you're asking us to let go of. And so Lord, right now I pray for courage. It is a step of courage to say, God, I gotta leave some things behind. I gotta leave an addiction. I gotta leave bad behavior. I gotta leave bad ways of thinking. I have to leave maybe some relationships. I gotta leave some safety nets to trust you. God, would you give us courage? Holy Spirit, right now, would you give courage to hearts, courage to minds to take steps of obedience towards you? And for some of us, maybe today is the day of salvation. Maybe today is the day where you say, God, I'm gonna gonna give you my yes. I'm gonna decide today that I wanna follow you, Jesus. Man, your heart's pumping. The Holy Spirit's working in your heart right now. And you're saying, today I need to surrender my life to Jesus because I've had a conditional yes to God for a long time. But today's the day where it's unconditional surrender. God, here I am. Take all of me. And if that's you, online, there's a place that says, I've decided, would you reach out? We have great teams and service hosts who'd love to pray with you, love to help you next, take next steps. And today here in the room, if you just say, man, I need to say yes to saying yes before I know what even I'm saying yes to, I wonder if you'd be so bold and would you just raise your hand? This is not for me, but to the Lord. This is a sign that says, hey, God, I hear what you're doing. I hear what you're speaking in my heart. Yeah, I see you. I see those hands. God, would you meet those people right now as they're taking steps of faith and courage? Lord, we're so grateful for who you are and what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we stand together as we close? Well, I want you to know this, that I love you and I believe in you and you're my second favorite church in the whole world. So thanks for getting a silver medal. And uh, I just think you're the best. Would you go this week and do the things that God wants you to do? I wonder if we can put that saying on the screen. Can we read it one more time together? Let's say this together. Say yes to saying yes before I know what I'm saying yes to. Don't do that in any other your relationships. Okay, that's not healthy. But with God being a disciple of Jesus, that's what he wants from you. Uh, If you've decided to follow Jesus, there's tables in the back. If you can prepare to give, the ushers would love to receive that. Thank you for your generosity. God bless you. Have a phenomenal, wonderful week. Hope to see you again soon. We hope that this helps you take your next step on your spiritual journey. If you'd like to get involved with the work and ministry of Faith Chapel, visit faithchapel.cc and click on Next Steps. If you'd like to speak to a pastor or connect with us in any way, email connect at faithchapel.cc. We look forward to connecting with you soon.